Real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Eating disorders, as I mentioned before the break, it's Eating Disorders Awareness Week this week. And an estimated 188,000 people in Ireland will experience an eating disorder at some point in their lives. It's also estimated that approximately 1,757 new cases occur in Ireland each year. And shockingly, between the age of 10 and 49. There are main types of eating disorders. Anorexia, for example, is characterised by an abnormal low body weight, an intense fear of gaining weight, and a distorted perception of weight and view of yourself, I suppose. And it has always the highest uh, mortality rate of any mental illness. And results from one study have shown that a third of people with binge eating disorders like this are at a risk of suicide. If this doesn't directly affect you, chances are it affects somebody that you might actually know. So to tell us a bit more about it is Linda Duffy. Linda is a licensed rapid transformational therapy practitioner and she joins me on the line. Linda, uh, good afternoon to you. Or good evening, sorry. Good evening to you. Don't even know what time yeah, of the day it is. I'm losing, I'm losing track of podcast by day, radio show at night. I lose track of time. I do. You're already it. ahead of yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Linda, I, I want to go back in time because something that struck me out just looking at the notes, um, people might not remember this, but you won Miss Ireland back in 2002 and mm-hmm. and you were also a prominent, uh, you know, catwalk model, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we automatically, when we think of eating disorders, we think of people who are very conscious, particularly women. We all automatically think of women, although I'm sure it affects men too and boys as well. But we automatically think of women who are very conscious of their body. At that time when you won Miss Ireland back in 20, 2002, you had had a problem before that as well by the, by the age of 15 or 16 years of age, didn't you? Yeah, correct. So for me, it actually started when I was about 16. But in reality, it was only when I was in my mid-20s that I kind of recognized that my way of thinking around food was different, maybe, or than it would have had been before. Um, and ironically, when I won Miss Ireland, I was at the heaviest I've ever been. So, um, right. yeah, look, it, it's something that obviously predominantly um, affects females, but... I think I think the misconception a lot of people have is that eating disorders are that the people who have eating disorders are just obsessed with their body or food and yeah that's really not what they are. Eating what like food is the are, enemy, so to speak? Is it that they see it, food as the um, enemy? It, it 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 depends on the eating disorder that you have, yeah. but essentially eating disorders they're a coping mechanism. Okay, so we turn to food essentially instead of feeling our feelings. So whether that feeling is not feeling lovable or, or feeling rejected or not feeling good enough or feeling not significant, we turn to food, if, particularly if we're a binger or we're an overeater, we turn to food to make us feel better. Or if we're in the restrictive of the anorexic or um, um, people who have, let's say, safe foods, it, it's a form of control. So again, if, if we feel like we're not able to control the outside world or exterior, We'll, we'll turn to the thing that we can control. And for people with eating disorders, it's food. Mm. And when we talk about eating disorders and I, I, talk to me like I'm, I suppose, ignorant to it because that's probably the best mm. way to deal with me. Um, you know, I, I find it difficult to understand how people don't feel hungry. And I know this sounds like a really stupid question and, 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 and please tell me if it is. But I, I know it's obviously, it's a mental disorder um, and it's a disorder mm. of the mind, you know, and... So when people look at themselves in the mirror, do they see something different to what I see? Sometimes, yeah. So Mm. some some people who would have that kind of body dysmorphia, they would look in the mirror and see something completely different to what you or I might see. Um, And that affects 
you know, their kind of mentality around food, particularly if they're anorexic, you know, they don't see what we see. So they almost punish themselves trying to get to this, uh, let's say, ideal weight or ideal size in their mind, what they think is, let's say, good enough. While somebody else looking at them will see a completely different um, body that they see and they see it as you're, you know, severely underweight. But yeah, like for, for, for me, even when I was going through my restrictive period, <clears throat> which was kind of going on to like anywhere between kind of 12 to 14 days without food, for me, that was never really about the losing weight, like to reducing my, 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 my body count, let's call it. It was more, I, I kind of felt like I, I'd lost control of my life. And I got to the point where, well, if I can manage this, it shows that I'm strong enough. I'm telling myself I'm strong enough and I haven't completely lost the plot in a way, yeah. you know. So, so it's always a form of, essentially it's always a form of control, but not obviously in a healthy way. Yeah. And but we do get hungry. Yes, of course, that's your question. Of course yeah. we get hungry, but we get into the, we get into a habit of restricting. And once you get into the habit, it just becomes easier. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose when you go down a kind of desperate roads, then people start purging and all those. I've heard those other terms yeah. being used where people, mm -hmm. I, 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 and that I suppose that's to fool other people, is it really members of the family to make them think that you're eating and stuff like that? Yeah, so so believe me, obviously you, you, you eat and you purge. So again, yeah. it's, and, and that's why it can be very hard for people to spot, particularly people who binge or people who are bulimic because their weight, doesn't really fluctuate that much. So anorexic obviously is quite easy to spot because it's you're severely underweight. Yeah. And obviously if, if, if you're obese, it's just quite clear to to see that like you, your weight has fluctuated much higher. But when when you're bulimic and, and when you're kind of in that binge restrict, uh, let's call it formula, your weight very much stables out. So it's very hard to spot if somebody has disordered eating. But how, here's the thing, when we look at the, the figures and the stats are that 85 to 95% of people who suffer from eating disorders anorexia, nervosa, and bulimia are generally women. Uh, why is it primarily women? Who do we blame for that? Is it the media? Is it, you know, these, you know, magazines that obviously glorify the body beautiful, etc., etc.? You know, or, or is, you know, the celebrities, you know, the Kardashians and all these kind of other people. Who do we blame for this idea of what people perceive to be the perfect shape? Yeah, I think it's look. I think it's it's media. Um, back in my day, it would have been you know magazines. Yeah, Cosmopolitan. Um, and now, <laughs> kind of magazines. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And nowadays, it's, it's social media. But yeah, it, it is it is fueled this this perception of what the perfect body looks like is is fueled by what we read in the media, what we see on social media, and it's 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 kind of ingrained into us that you know, particularly like if you look at let's say supermodels, if you're not, you know, running down the beach in a thong bikini in a size eight after given birth to a baby three weeks beforehand, that's kind of perceived yeah. as, you know, what, what have you been doing? You yeah, know, because yeah. you see these images of these supermodels and they claim that it's been perfect. And and then it's, it's comparison. Like you see people who maybe that you might think are in your head, you might deem as successful and that successful person might be, you know, a small size. And you think, well, for me to be successful, I have to be that size. I have to look so, like that. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we're fueled by that social acceptance as a pers as opposed to, let's say, personal acceptance. Yeah, and when, when we words that sometimes I find, for example, you know, the the, the could even the medical terms, you know, um, when somebody is overweight or obese, like the word obese to me, you know, and that, that could be somebody who just has a couple of pounds over what the normal BMI would be uh, for that person mm -hmm. for that height, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
I mean, those words to me, they would almost encourage people to want to, you know, lose too much weight because nobody wants to be, inverted commas, obese or morbidly obese. Morbidly obese. Like I've seen a, there was a woman on one of the swimsuit magazines and Jordan Peterson, who I'm normally a fan of, uh, put up a Mm. comment saying, not beautiful at all. Right. And, you know, I thought she was a very attractive girl. Yes, she was curvy. There's no doubt about that. She was a curvy woman. But in saying that, you know, to suggest that somebody like that is morbidly obese, you know, these kind of terms, you know, would almost make people want to lose too much weight. Yeah, I I think, look, I think sometimes you have to be kind of very um, clear about the wording that you're using. But, you know, if I, I think the way I would see it, if somebody is, is at a size or a weight that's it's negatively affecting their health. That yeah. for me is just an unhealthy size, whether you want to call it obese or overweight or whatever you want to do yeah. it for me personally. Is it affecting your weight or is it sorry, is it affecting your health negatively? Then yeah. that's something you need to look at and you need to work on if you want to call it morbidly obese or obese or whatever. For me personally, I don't care what you call it. Just yeah. you know, work on your health. <laughs> just work on your health. And I, I'm also concerned about the fact in July twenty twenty three the Health Research Board reported that the number of child and adolescent admissions for eating disorders more than doubled in the last five years. And I'm only gonna guess that's down to social media. Yeah, like like the youngest person I've worked with that had an eating disorder was twelve years old, wow. and it is it it yeah. it's it, it, so it's down to a couple of things actually. It's down to one social media, um, two what they're maybe hearing in the classroom, and but three also sometimes it's from a parental point of view as well, where they might grow up in an environment where typically the mom um, might be talking negatively about their body, or they might be talking about oh I don't want to diet, or you can't have that, that's bad food, and they they like kids pick up on those kind of vibes, they pick up on those wording and. And that sticks with them. So sometimes, you know, people have in, in that respect, they have to be kind of maybe aware of, again, the words that they're using and how people might um, perceive a certain food or a certain size or a certain, um, you know, if, if mom is saying like, you know, I, I need to go be on a diet or I'm going here and I need to be this size to look good or whatever. Sometimes kids do pick up on that language. Mm. And I mean, the future, I suppose, for eating disorders, is it generally it's getting worse. You don't see it getting any better, do you? I, it sounds like it's it's quite doomy and gloomy, uh, you know. Yeah, look, it's it's you know, there's very there's very few people that have a you know a very healthy relationship with food. Most people, you know, would have some sort of disordered uh, relationship with food. Um, is it going to get any better? Uh, it's it's hard to see it's getting better because you know social media does play such a certain kind of big role in people's lives. And even though we know most of it is unrealistic and untrue, it still kind of fuels a lot of our social acceptance but I think from from what I see here in Ireland is uh, you know it's it's from from my understanding and my experience it's sometimes when people are trying to get help they don't have the people that are experienced in actually working with people with eating disorders because Mm. they focus on the nutrition they focus on the diet they focus on getting them to a certain size when in reality that's really not what eating disorders are about you have to really understand like what's fueling them to think the way they think about themselves and their behaviours, that's what's at the core. And until you kind of get to that, you're kind of, you're really, it's, it's the missing link, in my opinion, anyways. And how do you deal with it as a practitioner when somebody comes to you, you know, say 16 years of age, you know, and they've rapidly lost weight and, and they look at themselves and think they're still too fat. You know, they still mm. they think they have too much weight on them, but you can see them because obviously, you know, and they're underweight. And, and yeah. it's affecting their health. How do you how do you transform somebody and and make them change their view? Yeah. So, so like I said, first of all, you kind of have to understand like what's at the core. Like why are they 
effectively why they damaged themselves and, and typically it leads back to feelings of, of low self-esteem so first of all is giving them an understanding because some of them some, most people don't know why they do what they do they know they want to stop but they don't know how to so first of all get to the core and the second part is not again not to focus on the weight focus on building up the self-esteem build, build up on their confidence let them understand that they are in control of what they eat you know and that people don't control them because a lot of people with eating disorders they allow people to control them and what i mean by that is situations that might happen or their parents might be i know putting pressure on them or they might be in relationships where they feel unsafe or or um or let's say toxic relationships things like that and, and and we give away our power to certain people in certain situations and that fuels us sometimes to have a negative relationship with food so when you give them tools to be like actually no like you control you and you have to be lovable you have to feel good enough you have to feel significant and once you can kind of embody that into their mind yeah that helps you overcome and it's the situation where you can okay i don't have to eat this uh, and, and teach them another big thing is teach them how to feel feelings because typically we tend not to we'll eat them you know or we'll restrict them instead of actually allowing yourself to feel negative feelings like rejection like hurt like grief like you have to allow yourself to feel these feelings yeah yeah i get it well listen it's been it's been lovely talking to you again linda and if people want more information by the way where where can where's the best place to go for information and maybe they have a daughter or a son or a sister or mother or whatever uh, who they feel has been affected by this where's the best place to go for information or the best way to get information yeah so so i guess look you can first of all go to your local gp you can go to bodywise or if you want to go to a private therapist like myself there's plenty of us that exist so yeah. like there is there is there is help out there it does take a little bit of due diligence to kind of do your homework because there is obviously a lot of therapists but fine if, if you can find somebody like myself who's been through it then yeah. like the, the client will automatically resonate a little bit more because they of course you have a better understanding of course yeah of course yes, because you've exactly. been there so, yeah absolutely exactly so just do a, do a bit of due diligence and, and just be patient recovery is possible it might everybody has their own journey so just yeah. take your time with this and just yeah. don't don't force it Absolutely, but certainly don't let it get any worse. Um, uh, listen, thank you very much indeed, Linda Duffy. I really, really appreciate you talking to us this evening. Thanks for having me. There you go, Linda thank Duffy, who's a licensed rapid transformational therapy practitioner. Uh, and you can look her up online. Linda Duffy is her name. Um, uh, and if you suffer or you some friend or somebody, your family member that suffers from bulimia or an eating disorder of some description and you're looking for a bit of advice or a bit of help, um, she's been through it already herself. And it's always, she's right. It's always best to find somebody who's been through it. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.